0: H-Y-Y and Billy Penn, it is hitting season. Hey there, podcast pals. I'm John Stolnes from The Good Fight and Billy Penn. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolnes. Coming up, as the Eagles season goes down the toilet, the Phillies could really grab the city by storm. We just <laughs> await Dave Dombrowski to emerge from that bunker we've discussed and to... <laughs>
1: up to a great start
0: (laughs) up to a great start to once again uh, make some kind of magic but there have been some things going on around Major League Baseball last couple of days since Justin and Liz uh, last spoke to you on episode 762 so uh, we'll dip into that a little bit but we're also going to have some fun here on the podcast Uh, we're going to do a little uh, choose your own adventure baseball style so we'll get into that coming up here in the next few minutes on this edition of Hittin' Season as well Justin and Liz joining me once again this week Justin Clue of course from Baseball Prospectus and the dirty inning and uh, absolutely hammered on our hit and season patreon you can follow him on twitter at justin underscore clue justin so this
2: is my favorite off-season type of news bit where a there's a lead-in that says oh this team is interested in this player so you have to click on it to figure out who they're talking about and in the case of shota imanaga it's the they're saying mlb.com saying the giants are the front runner um You know, the reason for this is, of course, as an anonymous source told them, it's all pointing to the Giants. They missed out on Otani and Yamamoto. And although Imanaga isn't on the same level as those guys, they don't want to miss out again. As though the Giants were just like, uh, we whiffed on these two guys. We got to get a guy. Uh, <laughs> that guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that's the reason teams go after. That's the driving motivation is like, well, we need a guy. We're, we're we're so embarrassed. Look, everyone's laughing at us for not getting these guys. Like, no, Well, it has
0: to be a Japanese guy, right? They missed out on Otani. They missed out on Yamamoto. They, if they don't get a Japanese player, I'm not sure they're going to be allowed to play the season.
2: I mean, I'm not even saying they won't get him. It's just that's so stupid as, a, as far as like a logic for a team being like, well, we gotta get this guy. Like, if you got needs, you know, you get a guy suits those needs. Yeah, you you sign that that player absolutely. But just the idea that they're like, oh my god, we can't. We've missed on two guys. We need a guy. This is yeah. this is humiliating. <laughs>
0: We're a laughing stock of baseball right now. Yes. Everyone's uh, show- talking
2: about the Giants. Everyone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can't stop talking about us. Uh, Liz Rocher from Yahoo Sports uh, joining us as well. Uh, li- follow her on Twitter at Liz Rocher. Liz, how's it going with you?
1: I just think that the Giants shouldn't be allowed to play the season, period. I think that's my vote.
0: Who's their manager again? Does anybody know? I mean, it's 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 know. not Gabe. I totally forgot. To, yeah, does anybody care? Nobody Why, cares, it's, right?
2: Of course. Oops, I forgot to type manager.
0: It's it of course, of course. Click click Bob click Melvin. click click. It's of course Bob Melvin. Bob Melvin. Oh my gosh, oh, that's right. Bob
1: <laughs> That could not be a more Giants move. If oh. if I mean that is the most Giants move that? there was to make. I mean, the Bob other Melvin, they could be the, like reality show Showalter. character
2: of MLB managers who just That's right. quit on one team to go manage another <laughs> and oh then hopped oh across the bay to their chief <sighs> rival geographically. <laughs>
0: Well, we're having some fun now here uh, in this uh, year of our Lord, 2024 in early January, as there is just not a whole lot going around. Uh, but before we get into uh, the guts of the show, want to remind everybody listening uh, that you can help both hit and season and the dirty inning, or you can help one of us. You just kind of have to make your choice. But uh, you can help us be named Best Baseball Podcast of 2023 by going to sportspodcastgroup.com. We are among 12 finalists in the Sports Podcast Awards. Uh, you can uh, We're up against. Against, uh, John Heyman and some other national podcasts and stuff so we need your votes in order to win uh, so again go to sportspodcastgroup.com and you can vote for hit and season or you can vote for the dirty inning whichever the two shows you prefer and uh, hopefully uh, one of us uh, will we'll take that uh, will take that title home uh, but uh, both shows both shows were deserving of being named best baseball podcast of of 2023 so want to remind you just to do that
2: really into the work of John Heyman. At the New York Post and all of his wonderful baseball coverage. That is, as just. What are
0: you young. doing? What are you doing? You shut <laughs> <I'm>, your mouth. <laughs> I'm just saying
2: that that John Heyman, boy, he's got Hall of Fame written all over him. If anyone's yeah. familiar with what he does, his, real... his role in the media landscape. He,
0: you know, he doesn't get enough light shed on him either. So this would be a real <laughs> opportunity for him to make a name for himself. So you're right. If you're not, you know i can understand go you, if you want to vote for john Heyman over over our podcast it would it makes sense
2: i think the veterans committee would, would vote for <laughs> John <laughs> Hayman, get, get him in there
0: no doubt about it uh no doubt about it. the harold baines of sports po- baseball podcasting um that is so hey, mean to He nominated you? his
1: podcast for this award was it oh, him uh, do you think it was him
2: I doubt he knows these awards exist. I'm sure it was a producer who was like, oh.
0: Yeah, the New York Post, I'm sure, got a notification from the sports podcast group, kind of how, like, we we got a notification about it, you know, that this was happening. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure not every <laughs> baseball podcast in America was, was applying for this thing. So, you know. Um, but yeah, I just I imagine
1: think. the New York Post sending over, like bags of like 1920 style bags of money with giant dollar signs on them over to sports podcast headquarters <laughs> you know like the money bags monopoly guy like let's go it's time to make sure that our that john Hammond wins this award
0: the sports podcast group is incorruptible let let the, come are, on. no let, i'm not
1: saying that they would accept it i'm just saying that the uh-huh. new york post are okay they themselves are like the monopoly villains of the fair new enough. world, <laughs> fair, fair both, enough. both
2: advocating for a podcast we're competing with and framing the governing body as corrupt are both we're
0: real great moves. For, we're for a shoe in trying There's to no... get the votes. <laughs> you can see we really need your help, everybody. Uh, so head on over to Sports Podcast Group and vote. Listen, um, my entire
1: uh, family <laughs> at my grandmother's birthday this weekend all <laughs> voted.
0: Hey, there you go. That's a good way to spend some time but when you're with for the family us. this weekend. They voted yes. for us. Oh
2: yes. good. Okay. Okay, good. All right. Just felt like that needed to be clarified. Important
1: right. distinction.
0: They I, did not I agree. vote
1: for John Heyman. They were all
2: like, I Wow, agreed. that John Heyman is up for another award. Mind if I give his profile a click? Shut up.
0: Dirty <laughs> <with>? <laughs> all right, let's get into the show here. I had a question at the top of the podcast and I don't even I don't know if I feel like talking about this. And and we can mm. we can this kind of content. This is, this is <laughs> I, I'll, I'll throw it out there just because, you know, it's, it's relevant and you know, we are nothing if not relevant for the kids out there. Yeah. The Eagles are going through it right now, as you guys all know, and this is not an Eagles podcast, of course, but we are all Philadelphia sports fans to some degree. And so we have some knowledge and understanding. And of course I do the Eagles podcast for bleeding green nation and write for them. But you know, not everybody listening to this podcast is necessarily an Eagles fan, but many of you are. and so. They're going through this collapse, and somebody on Twitter asked me this question. I thought it was an interesting question. I don't remember who sent it to me, so I apologize. I don't have the Twitter handle, but they asked, who, which is the more ridiculous collapse, what the Eagles have done here at the end of 2023 or the Phillies after Game 2 of the NLCS, Games 3 through 7?
2: It's the Eagles by a lot. It, it really yeah, it is, is, right? It's not close. Right? That's what I thought. for sure. This has been going on for, for weeks. It's been oh, like a God. month and a half of a, of a collapse of a team that— that, well, no, they didn't look unbeatable, but they looked like they knew how to win. Yeah, they don't look like that anymore.
0: <laughs> no, they. They went and see, there are some similarities here because what I will say is like the Phillies when after game two of the NLCS, they, I knew they were winning the world series. Like they were, they were on a glide path. They were up to, they have two, nothing in the series. They were way more talented than, than the diamondbacks were. They had their number. Like it just felt like their year after beating the Braves again and all that kind of stuff. And then inexplicably the team went from being an offensive powerhouse to completely forgetting how to hit the baseball. Now they still continued to pitch, but to melt down in games six and seven at home was a collapse and it was a, a monumental collapse it's one that people are gonna have a hard time getting over and in many ways it echoes the 23 eagles you're right justin that even though they were getting that 10-1 and record together you could kind of see that they weren't really a 10-1 team they had some flaws they weren't playing great but they were still two games better than anybody else in the nfl and they appeared to be on a glide path to the number one seed in the conference they looked like they were a favorite to go back to the super bowl and then it just it just all fell apart in you know five games and so it's really kind of a similar thing in five games the Eagles went from being a championship contender to looking like the season's over the Phillies, within five games, looked like they could be a champion. They were a championship contender. To suddenly, the season was over. So there's some there's some parallels there. I do agree. Yeah. I think the Eagles one is worse, but there's some parallels there.
2: I think it's a matter of perspective, really. Like, how do you? What's more devastating to you personally? Like the part of the reason the Phillies' loss was um, as agonizing as it was was because it was so abrupt and out of nowhere. But this Eagles collapse has been prolonged over 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 a month. And now is leading into the what is probably going to be a very brief playoff appearance. So, like I, I, whichever version of devastation is more awful to you personally is going to be your answer to the question. And yeah, I just kind of feel like this long drawn out miserable collapse that is followed by like an irritating press conference every time. Everybody spends a week oh, stewing yeah. in their feelings, and oh, amazing yeah. <laughs> themselves. The next game is going to be the turnaround, and it's it just feels so much worse in football because there's so much weight on each of the games rather than Mm -hmm. in baseball. You can be like, we can come out tomorrow night and and, and win this. But yeah, so I I think it's, are you more devastated by a light switch getting turned off when you thought it was going to be on or or by getting, you know, dragged down the street? Like, (laughs) I feel like that's... (laughs) Or I was going to say, we're
1: watching like the electrical current burn through... You know all the uh the wiring in your house all the way around <laughs> that's
2: way better way to track the metaphor that was better yeah she, she was <laughs> she was tracking the
0: metaphor i i i agree with you i think it does come down to actually you know which of these teams you care about more you know and i for me, it's the Eagles and Phillies are always very close. They, throughout my life, they were very close, but the Phillies have always been the, the team I cared about the most. And, you know, I think uh, as I'm, as I'm reflecting back on this, I think the Phillies missing out on the world series hurts more than the Eagles, whatever it is they're going through, even though the Eagles are taking longer. Uh, I think I was more emotionally invested in the Phillies getting back there and their loss uh, in games, losses in game six and seven are more inexplicable to me. And the, those blown, those blown saves and those blown games and, Uh, game three and four um are particularly painful like the way they they lost those uh that game specifically in in game four so i I think it's i think it really just does come down to which which team you care about more because both have a lot of similarities but you're right one was much quicker than the other so it is kind of like ripping a band-aid off or having somebody try to chisel your band-aid off uh over a long period of time i'll Um, be honest i
1: just feel numb with the eagles right now i'm just numb like it's yeah. it's just been a slowly building and instead of like exploding at the end of the season as it all falls apart you know flames everywhere i'm just like oh oh at least <laughs> at least now we're moving on to the next phase of whatever this is going to be
0: yeah well i know what my billy Penn article is going to be about now from this podcast because, you know, I kind of fleshed this out now in real time. So uh, you can look forward to that, BillyPenn.com, where I'm going to explore the depths of our hell together. So we can definitely want to tell your friends about that one. Um, all right. You can vote uh, for us for best baseball podcast <laughs> best baseball podcast sports podcast awards. That's right. All right, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the Mets. I mean, we're just moving from from one great thing to the other. Uh, the Mets add middling starting pitcher Sean Manaya to their starting rotation, a 2-year deal with an opt-out after this year if he's any good. Last season for the Giants in 37 games, he started 10 games for San Francisco. He went 7 and 6 with a 4.44 ERA, so again a, a pretty middling season for Sean Manaya and he forms a new Mets super rotation. Guy Guys, headlined by Kodai Senga, who's a very good pitcher oft-injured left-hander Jose Quintana, Sean Manaya, Luis Severino, who five years ago would have probably been near the top of this rotation, and some guy named Adrian Hauser as your Mets starting rotation. This is, Liz, this is not the Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer uh, Mets that we, have come to, that we had come to expect to see last year. Quite a different starting rotation uh, for the New Yorkers heading into the 2024 season, and I'm not so sure this isn't the worst rotation in the division.
1: Uh, I'm I'm enjoying it very much because this is this actually is according to their the Mets' plan. They're just like, yeah, we don't plan. I think they they told Max Jersey, yeah, we're kind of punting on 2024. Like, please do. The, yeah. <laughs> the Phillies have the Phillies have the playoffs to win. Sorry, <laughs> you guys can be down over here. We're not going to worry about you at all. I'm like, yes, I, I, I'm uh if that is the worst in the in the uh in the division I'm thrilled because the Phillies have to play them a lot still <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, Justin, I think, you know, I don't know. Maybe the Nationals rotation isn't, isn't quite as good. Uh, I, but I do like, I like their, you know, Josiah Gray and Mackenzie Gore have a chance to be really good starting pitchers for the Nationals. The rest of that rotation uh, could be a little bit uh, sketchy as the, as the season goes along. But with the Mets, there's just, aside for, outside, outside of, uh, of Kodai Senga, who, who's very good, very, very good starting pitcher. He is a, a, a good number one for them. I, none of those other guys scare me at all
2: no i mean that's kind of how i'm measuring it like guys like quintana they're capable of, of putting up some solid numbers for a stretch that kind of maybe turn into a good season down the line but you're right sanga is really the the number one there and uh, you know at the end of the day, no, these are not five guys that you're gonna like. Oh man, the Mets really have something cooking with the rotation, and and like Liz said, that that's sort of by design. I was gonna say, didn't they like formally announce they're not contending this year? But no, they told Max Scherzer they weren't, and then he formally announced that they weren't, and they said not till 2025, maybe 2026. So this is this is kind of how the Mets were going to go into 2024 uh, with a rotation that wasn't going to intimidate you with the hope that being that like, you know, maybe some guys in there wind up intimidating you because then they will be a value to the Mets. But yeah, this is uh this is not, this is not a scary Mets team going into 2024.
0: Yep. And, and I know that a lot of people are looking at Minaya's uh, September numbers. They were better. He he was better in the second half. His September numbers were pretty good. Uh, but uh, you, sending a guy to a, a, a deal like that and having him be your number three starter based on, one good final month of the season, where his uh, his fastball was a little bit a little bit uptick in velocity, which again, you know, great. But we'll see. I, I it's certainly a move. It's certainly something the Mets have done, and uh, the Phillies will undoubtedly see Manaya uh, on numerous occasions this year, as uh, as well as the rest of the starting rotation. And it is nice uh, that the Mets are taking a gap year this year, uh, which uh, will help out the Phils and the rest of the National League East. I think there's a, definitely a chance they have a, a worse starting rotation than the Washington Nationals if they get if the Nationals get like one other guy to kind of step up because uh, uh, Josiah Gray and Mackenzie Gore could be two really good starting pitchers at the top of the rotation. They could also kind of flounder. That's what we've seen from Nationals pitchers over the years. So they also just might not meet expectations either. But uh, I mean, the top three are the Braves and the Phillies have, have rotations that are among the best in baseball. And the Marlins rotation is is very good as well. And will keep them in playoff contention all year. So uh, Not a big move by the Mets, but since they were within the division, I thought we'd mention that first. Uh, I'll tell you what,
2: the Phillies should hope they run into Sean Maniah this season. (laughs) because Not only are his numbers pretty pedestrian, but they have a 905 OPS against him throughout his career. And that's through three games and 43 played appearance. It's not a small, small sample size. That's also not counting the postseason. So they have been able to hit him when they've run into him.
0: I remember Game Four of the NLCS against the Padres when yeah. uh, the when they got up six to four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Bryce uh, Reese Hoskins hitting the game tying two run homer to make it six six, and then uh, Real Muto and Harper, Harper with that unbelievable double to put the Phillies in front. Yeah, that was off Sean Mania, and uh, that's uh, that's where my mind goes when I see him as well. Um, one of the other big moves here in the National League uh, this week, uh, the Dodgers signed free agent slugger Teoscar Hernandez to a one year deal. Uh, the Dodgers uh, apparently thinking they're the only ones uh, signing players uh, right <laughs> now Hernandez uh, last season not a great year for the Mariners his one season in Seattle uh hit 258 with a 305 on base percentage and a 435 slugging percentage a very uneven up and down year got off to a really slow start struck out 211 times last season uh I know the Phillies, we've been talking about them wanting to possibly add an outfield bat, and you guys discussed all the reasons on the last episode uh, why the Phillies are reluctant to, to sign a guy who would take at-bats away from Johan Rojas, uh, because they really want Rojas to, to win that job, and they want to give him every opportunity to do that, and they certainly don't want to block him. So Hernandez was not a guy who would be on the Phillies' radar, uh, even if they wanted... To Even if they didn't really care about blocking Johan Rojas, just with Liz, with the amount of times he strikes out and, and the plate discipline issues that the Phillies already have, even though he gives you some power, this this, was, this would not have been a good fit for the Phillies. So I am i don't care if the Dodgers signed him.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty fine with it. Uh, it, it didn't. I was just like, hey, the Dodgers are continuing to add players. Where in God's name are they putting them? That was my <laughs> that was yeah. that was my initial response. I'm just like, "Do they have any more room? Like my god. They've signed all the players to all of the jobs. I how how did they have any space left over?" So I'm like, "Sure. Like I he wasn't even on my radar, so he can go wherever he wants."
2: Like everybody. My yeah, first th- thought was like, "Oh, so the Dodgers are just going to sign everyone." But that's not the Dodgers' fault. That's everyone else's fault. If you were a team and you had interest in Hernandez and you didn't get him, mm-hmm. that, that's that's a lot of that's on you. Like, yeah, the Dodgers might be able to offer more money than you're willing to offer, but if you really wanted him, you would you would have been able to find the resources to outbid them. And I'm mostly talking about how like repeatedly I feel like we've seen the Red Sox come forward after the Dodgers sign someone. And I just say the Dodgers, cause again, the Dodgers have made the lion's share of the signings this off season. And the Red Sox just come forward with like their hat in their hands, Oliver twist style. And they're just like, oh well we offered him this stupid deal he didn't want and i guess we just didn't get him and i (laughs) was like yeah you didn't get him because you offered him like two year 28 million dollar deal like that was just not gonna get it done with him and they're like yeah well we're out here trying you're like not really though not really (laughs) yeah (laughs) so these are the yeah like this is the dodgers market right now if you wanted that guy and you got to compete with the dodgers well get ready to spend more than you wanted to
0: Yeah. And I'm looking at the Dodgers depth chart that right now they have Chris Taylor as their starting left fielder. James Altman as their starting center fielder and Manny Margot as their starting right fielder uh, with Jason Hayward in the mix uh, at at those different positions. So they putting Ty in in left field makes some sense because that's not a very strong hitting outfield. Chris Taylor, Altman, Hayward, Margot. There, there's not a lot of offense in those different spots, uh, and you're not going to. I mean, Mo Tani is your designated hitter, so uh, Hernandez is not getting any DH at bats. So uh, I can see why the Dodgers went in this direction. Um, you know, they they needed they actually needed another bat, and my guess is that Chris Taylor moves into like a super utility role and bounces all around uh, the field. Plays he's a backup at every position on their depth chart. So. Um, It's I guess that's what they're going to do. But again, it doesn't really, I don't know that it really affects the Phillies all that much because they're not going to see the Dodgers uh, a whole lot until uh, hopefully until the, the, the playoffs. And, you know, I don't know that Hernandez is going to anything any more than a platoon player for them. He might only just hit left-handed pitching. So, um, yeah, this is this is uh, this is the lukewarm stove, gang. Um, sorry, there's just there's not a whole lot else out there. The the one Phillies rumor that we ran across over the last couple of days uh, was John Morosi from MLB Network saying that, and this is this, I, I, this isn't even a rumor. This is just kind of John John Morosi daydreaming. <laughs> I don't I don't know what this is, but he he went on TV and said he likes Marcus Stroman as a fit for the Phillies. Stroman, uh, what is? He, he cool. I like things. a lot of think things. About, think about that phrasing. That, I like a lot of things. Nothing.
2: <laughs>
0: I, I like, like Shohei him, Otani on the Phillies. Guess what?
2: It's... I like him as a fit for the Phillies. So you're just saying, oh, he makes sense with the Phillies, which objectively he does not. So. No. He doesn't
0: make any sense. Not even he, a little bit because i i don't and i was mentioning this a little bit before we we, we came on the air the but just be the phillies needed a starting pitcher at the start of the offseason and they re-signed Aaron Nola. their five-man rotation is set there's there's no doubt they want some depth they want to get like another michael lorenzen or something like that i wouldn't even care if they got lorenzen back again to to fill in that six starter bullpen type guy that, that's fine i don't care they went after yamamoto because it was a special case 25 year old japanese phenom that maybe you could you could get you don't normally get a 25 year old ace starting pitcher made available to you so you make a special exception i don't know what they would have done with the rotation at that point if they try to trade taiwan walker if they try to trade christopher sanchez or what may go to six man i don't know but the phillies did getting a a Marcus Stroman like player who is an injury prone pitcher. He went to the all-star team all-star game last year, thanks to a a nine and six 2.96 ERA in the first half with 19 starts in the second half. He was injured. Most of the year, six starts after the injury had an 8.63 ERA. Uh, where, Where is, who's he bumping out of the rotation? like how 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 do you like him as a fit for the Phillies there's no fit there's no fit here at all with the Phillies it doesn't unless you're trading Taiwan Walker and and slapping him in but justin as you mentioned before we we came on the air that's like that that's that's not an improvement that's a that's a lateral move i i, I don't it, it, i don't get it i don't i don't understand it
2: the Phillies having starting pitching on their shopping list is just a relic from the pre aronola signing part of the offseason, I think. Like, it's just, everyone was thinking, ahead. I th- a lot of people thought they weren't going to re-sign him, so they were looking ahead to, like, Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery, and we talked about those options on this show, but then, you know, people went a little galaxy brain with it and started thinking about other starting pitching options, and then, whoop, you turn around, and they, no, they re-signed Aaronola, so none of that's really, that's all a moot point at that point. Uh, and so Morosi's just, I feel like, kind of, expanding on that now obsolete offseason narrative that the Phillies were on the hunt for a bunch of starting pitching. And that's just – I don't think that's where they're focused right now. I mean, you can always use more pitching, but what he's talking about is more like, oh, we have a gap we need to fill, and it doesn't – I don't know. I don't think the Phillies at least feel they have that gap.
0: Yeah. No, I, I don't – they don't. I, and and I, the pitcher they're looking for, and Dave Dombrowski has said this, is, is a guy right now who – is looking for a job in a starting rotation like Sean Mania, right? Like Marcus Stroman. They they want to they want a, a, to pitch every fifth day, and the Phillies want a guy who is going to go through the league and and get offers and and pitch himself, but then realize okay, like, hey, that job's not out there for me, so I need to take like a number six starter job. I need to go someplace like Philadelphia where if there's an injury in the rotation, which there certainly will be. In 2024, somebody is going to miss time in 2024 that you can get your opportunity and that you can go pitch and maybe pitch for a playoff team, a, play- a- pennant contender, whatever, whatever it might be. But those, those opportunities have to dry up first. And that's what Dave Dombrowski is waiting for before he goes and gets a starting pitcher like the one that he's looking for. But somebody like Marcus Stroman should be a number four, number five starter every, every fifth day. If Stroman's still hanging out in late February and you can get him for a million and million, you know, $4 million on a one-year deal, I don't think that's going to be anything like what he's going to get. But then it makes, I guess, sense because it's an opportunity cost thing there. But the the idea that the phillies are hunting for a a starting pitcher like like Stroman right now just it's it's ludicrous it doesn't make any sense like they need to get a bullpen a bullpen guy and even then it doesn't sound like they're itching to pull the trigger on a bullpen a bullpen pitcher right now and certainly not an outfielder like you guys talked about on the last podcast either so you know we this just might be the flavor of the phillies offseason right now there there is no there's no urgency at all with the Phillies right now. Like they, they love the team the way it is and they're going to add around the margins. And I think they're going to, I think Dombrowski will jump if a good value is sitting there looking at him in the face, but he's, he's not going to cast the net and try to pull stuff out of the water right now.
2: Yeah. I think Morosi's just kind of playing in a sandbox right now. You know, same, same as <laughs> I us. can't blame him. You know,
0: <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> you know, it's, there's nothing happening. There's nothing happening. Um, so anyway, those are the those are the the, the main bit, news bits since uh, since you guys recorded your podcast. A little bit of Phillies news, a little Phillies chat uh, with uh, with Marcus Stroman. Uh, so what we wanted to do on the uh, for the rest of the podcast is we're going to just kind of have a little fun, do a little bit of different stuff. Uh, we did this. Um Last year, a couple of different times during the course of the season, uh, Liz has a pretty great uh, baseball choose your own adventure book. And uh, last year, Justin and I failed miserably at trying to navigate our way to a happy ending uh, mm. through the book that she was reading last time. Even yeah, I feel though like I
2: we f- nailed it. I feel like we nailed it, though.
0: <laughs> I feel like our that. decisions were sound. Uh, clearly, this author doesn't know a thing about baseball nevertheless um, maybe we need to we need to reorient our minds and think like an idiot justin we have to we have to be idiot brains and then hard. maybe we'll get to the end here yeah
2: yeah no i I'm, I'm with you we have to think like a baseball writer uh, and not like mm. a not like a beat writer like a mm-hmm. fiction writer And yeah, yeah this is um, this is gonna be a challenge for us because we deal so much in the world of nonfiction we have such analytic yeah. Logic-based we know too much. Minds, we know, you know too much. Yeah, yeah, this is gonna be the ultimate test for our large pulsating brains. Liz, fire away.
1: <laughs> you guys done chatting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we could go on, but we'll stop. You could
1: go on. No, uh, uh, I am. You guys were uh, talking about you know reorienting yourself to being an idiot. We are now in a completely different series of books. We're uh, nah. actually branded Choose Your Own Adventure number one thirty-five. Called playoff champion by a man named Felix von Mosch-Zisker.
2: Well, it's good that we are using the actual brand because I always remember they are very, very litigious. They to are. Adventure people, you can't, you can't <laughs> just throw that name around.
0: Nope. Nope. No. Not at all.
1: I'm gonna read a little bit about uh, Mr. von Mosch-Zisker. Uh He okay. is a graduate of Yale University and a lifelong baseball fan. At the start of his career, he worked as a journalist for the Philadelphia Evening Bulletin, the Uh Time Life Mm. News Service, and Life Magazine. Since then, he has started his own newspaper, unnamed, Uh as well as a string of informational publications for the vacation community where he lives in Vermont. And a few years Uh ago, he launched a modestly successful second career as an abstract sculptor in bronze and marble. He is a bicyclist in summer and a skier in winter. He lives in Vermont. I'm guessing he smokes weed.
0: No. Well, <laughs> and when did this book come out? Uh,
1: 1993.
0: All right. So he could still be alive. I mean, I most of the Choose Your Own Adventure books I see, when, like when I go to a used bookstore, they're from like 1978 or 84 or whatever. So I guess that's not that long ago, but a lot of those uh, authors are not with us anymore. But I, I, I'm hoping this gentleman is, is a Phillies fan. He's from Philadelphia, it sounds like. He likes baseball. Obviously, he did a baseball chooser and adventure. I'd like to think that this gentleman is a listener to the podcast. Real uh, quick, mm-hmm. non
2: sequitur. Liz, you mentioned him being a sculptor, and I just wanted to uh, tell you guys, because I found this information out in the past week, and I need to share it, that uh, Mets owner Steve Cohen is a is a art collector, very intense art collector. Did you know he owns... A head sculpture made of frozen blood.
0: Hey, that's that's awful.
1: That's wild.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the sculptor's own blood, I believe. Oh, my gosh. Oh, well, it's, yeah. if
1: it's his own blood. I mean, that's fine. Oh, no,
2: yeah. No, no there's better. nothing about that that's fine. I think that's still pretty bad. You're right. That he's, so it's bad. good he wasn't out there collecting the blood. Fast.
0: No. No, that's sadistic. I'm sorry. Blood? I mean, maybe it's his I, I got to know more. It's
1: not like he took it for people <laughs> while they were sleeping.
0: Why did I'm, you assume that's what I meant? <laughs> I just wonder how much blood we're talking about here. Like, is it, uh, I'm. Yeah, you're right. Is it solid? Is it like, I mean, like, I'm imagining like an ice sculpture made entirely of like a person's blood. And that's, I that can't be right because that's like. No, it's that's just like, the head. That, but that's still multiple people's worth of blood. Like there's just there's no amount, I, it, so it has to be something else. I don't. Right. I, I guess I'm, we're just
2: trusting him when he says it's all my blood, guys. Don't worry. And we're like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to check. So go for it. No. Yeah. This has anyway, nothing to do with the book what we're, we're gonna talking read, about. Way, but what are we no, doing? Just, just felt like I had to share that because that seems important. I don't know. It was it important.
1: Like, Thank you for sharing.
2: It's like the only reason people aren't always talking about that is because not enough people know about I it. Think I think that's right.
1: true.
0: We're getting the word out, which is important.
1: Yes. All right. Are we ready? We're ready. For playoff champion. I'm ready. You. This book can't be about the Phillies. No. (laughs) (laughs) Not not in the the
0: the 90s. Mm -hmm. No.
1: You are the best catcher your school's baseball team, the Winona Cougars, has had in a long time
2: opposite of my real life experience
1: <laughs> you are also one of the best hitters on the team you your skills are about to be put to the ultimate test because the cougars are set to play in the biggest game of their lives the semi-final semi-final game at the national invitational tournament if you mm. win the team will go on to the finals and a shot at the national championship Making it this far has taken plenty of excellent playing and teamwork. And you and the rest of the Cougars have met every new challenge under the guidance of your beloved coach, Skipper Farrow. Coach Skipper Farrow. Farrow. Now, I don't know if his first name is Skipper. Because they in the next sentence, they call him Coach Pharaoh.
0: It's got to be his first oh, name.
2: Then that's, yeah, that, that it's got to be his, which his is, first which
0: name. Which is just... That's, that's next level. That's So that's he's a writing. baseball
2: coach named Skipper. Skipper, and he does yeah. not go by Skip. Interesting. Sk-
0: yeah. Um,
2: hmm. Three sentences in. This guy doesn't know ball. Go ahead. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I think we got all the That's it. right.
1: Coach Farrow has taught you everything he's learned in a lifetime dedicated to baseball. Uh, his leadership has had as much to do with the team's reaching the semifinals as has the considerable talent of the team. Still in the game, your team in in this game, your team is the underdog. I don't know how, mm. <laughs> given everything Not, we've just heard. Yeah, uh. I mean, this
0: is
2: the- I feel like we're an unstoppable juggernaut. We, we got, got Casey Stengel at
0: manager here. This is yeah. come on now. We've got to play a bunch of transformers.
2: <laughs> like, how, how, what is this game?
1: The opposition, the powerful timber Timberwolves. Hey, see no. No. All
2: right.
1: there we go. Hey no. their opponents in the elimination round, scoring 46 runs in six games and giving up only three. Hmm. Okay,
2: that's not that many runs. Nah, that's
1: <laughs> it's less than an hour to game time. You're standing near the dugout, chatting with your center fielder Brenda Gorzak. Suddenly, Brenda. Brenda. Yeah, this is this is uh, this is team. This is uh,
0: this is co-ed. All it's right. like Youth. This is like youth baseball. Yeah, this right? is youth baseball. baseball. Great. Okay. All right. Good.
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, suddenly, you hear harsh coughing behind you. You and Brenda. Whirl- Skip. No. <laughs> you and Brenda whirl around and see that Coach Farrow has fallen to the grass and is clutching his chest. His face an ugly me? grayish color. Oh, no. Are you you kidding kidding exclaim. Me? Get a doctor. Quick. Brenda cries. It must be his heart. <laughs> oh, my
2: God. Wait a second. What? Oh my God! We're several minutes (laughs) into this game, or not even the game, and and this coach just dropped dead of a heart attack. This is a book for children. I love it. I love this. This is fantastic. Wow. The stakes are way higher than I thought.
0: I know. This is. We 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 have to really think about these decisions we're about to make. A man's life hangs in the precipice. Let's go. Yeah, man. (laughs) I
2: wish they had been even more abrupt. Like the game's about to start, and you just watched your coach drop dead. What happens next? (laughs) what do you deal do? with your feelings let this <laughs> let this situation process in your head or plow forward sports are the only thing that
0: matters
1: how is that not an episode of saved by the bell
0: <laughs> it really should have been
1: all right the next 30 minutes passed in a blur an ambulance arrived and the medics gently lift coach pharaoh onto a stretcher and load it in the back of the ambulance
0: I, I don't know if he's dead or not. No. No, and we won't know. Probably that's whole part of the gig here. But, you know, please, I, I...
2: please win this game. If you don't, my life hangs in the balance. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you and your teammates can't believe what has happened. You are even more stunned when a tournament official comes over to tell you the game <laughs> must continue as scheduled
2: wow i'm sorry when a coach dies on the field a child must take over the team these yes it's in the, it's in in the, the
0: rules. rules it's in the bylaws that's right
1: <laughs>
2: also there's what no exc- rule in here that says a dog can't play baseball
1: thank you for doing <laughs> <laughs> thank you i was hoping you would what exclaims your pitcher tully burke in disbelief you've got to be kidding you can't really expect us to play under these circumstances I'm very sorry," replies the official, a gray-haired man in a business suit.
0: He's not at all sorry. I don't think this guy's sorry I at all. And he's a gray-haired no.
1: man in a business suit.
0: He, this he is about this is a business, and you cannot let personal issues affect business, kids. All right,
1: this, this is, is the,
2: this is the very lucrative business of youth of youth, youth baseball. invitational
0: baseball.
1: You have no idea. I know you're all very concerned about Mr. Farrow, He said, "But this game is being nationally televised." Oh, the
0: TV if executives! If you can't play today, was... you'll
1: forfeit and lose your chance to go on to the finals. Oh,
2: well, the what does being people. on TV have to do? With I have
1: that. no That's idea
0: what would
2: happen otherwise. <laughs> they got to well. have
0: some. T- no, they got to have a game to show. They got. Listen,
1: this was this the ad original, revenue this the is not going to raise
0: itself. Do you, you have any idea how much money you got to give back to the advertisers if you don't get this game in?
1: And what are they going to show? They're it's not they're going to show reruns of uh, what Night Court? Yeah, like, no. They can show
2: um, footage of Coach Farrow dying in slow motion.
1: <laughs> no!
0: I didn't. I didn't realize. I didn't realize the economic stakes involved in this when we first were getting involved. So now, either. now I'm in favor of making the kids play. Let's do this. Yes.
1: But how could we play without a coach? Brenda, I asked. grow up.
0: <laughs> Life's <laughs> tough. Get a cup. You're probably wearing one anyway. Get on the field. Let's go.
1: Says Brenda. All right. Not
0: Brenda. Not Brenda. <laughs> oh, but, Brenda, you know, yeah, no, the Brenda, other ones. Yeah.
1: One of you will have to act as player manager, the official says. Go. Do we not have a single adult? There's no
0: other assistant coaches <laughs> at all. No parents.
2: Yeah, no assistants. Nobody. Who's coaching okay.
0: first and third in this? Like, do they have, like you said, do they have animals and on this? Anyway.
1: The, um... The, uh, the official glances at his watch. The game will begin in about 20 minutes. Good luck to you all. May the best team win. With that, he strides away towards one of the TV cameras near the opposing team's dugout.
2: With that, he flips up his darkened <laughs> hood, grabs his sickle, and floats away <laughs> on a small dark cloud.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he has Care Bears to fight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you turn to your teammates. Well, what should we do? Let's go back. I to say the-
2: we <laughs> <bury> the body.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> go to page 666. Wait. All right. Let's go back to the locker room <laughs> and choose a player manager, suggest Wendy Rook, another of the team's star hitters who plays first base like a pro. Wendy, now mm. is
2: not the time for a power struggle. Obviously, with coach's dying breath, he said <laughs> I was to lead this team to glory and should get all the credit when victory is secured.
0: <laughs> Wendy knows;
2: she will.
1: Yes, <laughs> Wendy's right," says shortstop Brian Chavez. The game must go on. We owe it to the skipper. Nope, so his name is not skipper. His.
2: I'm so confused. I know. Now. No wonder this guy is faking his death. I know. Clearly, got identity <laughs> issues here. Faking his like,
1: death. There's, story's I, full of holes. It's clearly in debt up to his eyeballs, running for some clo- lone sharks. It's
0: closing in around him. Looks like I've got
2: one card left to play. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, guys,
1: get ready for this. In the locker right, room, there's a quick vote. You are unanimously elected to be emergency player manager. It is Take a that, Wendy. <laughs> it is a great responsibility. But it's choi- joy, but the choice is really no surprise. As the catcher, you handle the ball frequently and you decide on each pitch with the pitcher. What's yes, more the because
2: play, the player that handles the baseball yeah. the most <laughs> typically absorbs the, the lot of its powers.
1: What's more? <laughs> Because you're the only player positioned to face the field, the whole field all at once, you direct and lead the defense. For a catcher, leadership is a job requirement. Your new job begins within moments of the election. Another official comes up to you in the clubhouse and says, we can't find the lineup card for your team. It must hmm. have been in Mr. Farrow's pocket when they took him to the hospital. <laughs> oh. fourth,
2: fourth different name this guy has been called, <laughs> right? for the
0: record, if anybody's <laughs> keeping track.
1: I'll take care of it, you say. Now returning to page 17.
0: I'll okay. take care of it. <laughs> Listen, I see the whole field, the whole game. I know the lineup.
2: Trust me, I've handled a lot of baseballs in my life. <laughs> I'm 12.
1: <laughs> there is no indication how old these children are, really.
2: I hope they're all in their 40s. Yep,
1: me too. But you know that coming up with a starting lineup won't be that easy. The pitcher for the Timberwolves is the dangerous Claude Hackmore. C l a u d e Claude Hackmore. Claude. Hackmore. <laughs> You've heard that he has an overwhelming slider and a split fingered fastball that drops like an anvil the instant it crosses the plate. When he has to, which isn't often, he throw he also throws a wicked soft curve.
0: These kids can't be twelve. Like they're talking about these these kids like they're like in in high school. Yeah. Wow. Well, Great
2: curve, bro. That was wicked soft. Yeah, I'm just saying. Listen, I grew up
1: in an area of the country where we use we use wicked all the time. That and even in baseball parlance, wicked soft is not. That's not it. That's not what you're pa- doing with wicked. That's not. No one does that. Wicked no. soft.
0: That's not how you use it in Passyunk either. No. <laughs> okay, so we gotta wicked pick a line. Wicked soft, chenille yeah, throw, a
1: guys. All right, Uh, (laughs) uh, uh, but the worst part is that Hackmore is right-handed just like all your best hitters. Your right-handed hitters are powerful, but they've had trouble in the past with guys like Hackmore. Your lefties aren't quite as good, but they might make out better just because they're left-handed. Hackmore's right-handed pitches would break right towards them, giving them a definite advantage just two more lefties in the lineup might make all the difference assuming any of your batters can make contact with Hackmore's pitches you need some time to question to turn the question over in your mind meanwhile Mm. you make two different lineup cards and stuff them into your hit pocket it's almost game time turn to page 108. all right here i am Out on the field, the, as the announcer reads off the rosters with a flourish, you sneak a look at the at the Passy Young bullpen where Hackmore is warming up. Even from across the field, you can tell he's going to be tough. I don't know how. <laughs> the head umpire calls It's the you, soft curveball. Right?
2: Uh, you can see it. Oh, he's throwing it so soft, it's just hanging uh, in
0: the air. The feathery pillow likeness of his curveball. You can see it from across the field.
1: The head umpire calls you and the pasta manager over to home plate. He goes over a few ground rules for the park. You pull out the two lineup cards and glance at them, still trying to decide which one you want to use. Decision time Alright. If you want to stick with your talented right handers, turn to page twenty. If you decide to play a couple of your best lefties, turn to page six.
2: Alright, I just I gotta think. I gotta think. Everybody shut up. Shut up, Wendy. <laughs> Uh, Okay, so John, I feel like the book is trying to steer us towards using the lefties, but they're also not making it seem like it's that much of an advantage. They were like, these hitters are crap, but But... they will have this advantage that, you know, is generally considered
0: a rule in baseball. So they're presenting
1: you with an even-sided decision.
0: No, shut up! They're not doing that at all. Um, basically, what we don't know is like how the swing planes match up, you know, with the with the flight pattern of of right. Hackmore's pitches. So sure, we're, and we all that was s-
2: taken into account by the yeah. author.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, you're right. I think they're trying to get us to say put in the lefty hitters. I don't want to. I, I would. I want to keep. I was going to say the same thing. I think we should keep our regular lineup. Keep the righties in and dance with the guys at brunya I'm going I, I'm going 93 Jim Fergusi here. I, and that worked out really well, so I think we should I think we should do that.
2: Yep. All aboard. Let's do it. Let's, Let's run do this it. train straight into a wall.
1: <laughs> Let's do it, guys. All right, you decide to stick with your right-handed power lineup. After you S-
2: Suddenly the sound of coughing <laughs> is heard behind you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: After you give the card to the umpire, you head back down the dugout stairs uh, to strap on your catcher's gear. Pass the young bats first. Ready to go? You ask Tully as the two of you head out of the dugout together. Ready as I'll ever be, he replies confidently. You're glad to see that Tully is in good spirits. Batters have a hard time getting a hit when Tully's on his game. He doesn't have an overpowering fastball, but he does have a curve and a decent slider, and he has three or four different speeds for everything he throws.
2: He beats. Did batters. he sound like he was in a good mood? He sounded terrified. Just now. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this, well, this kid I'm not, I'm also not has.
0: This. this kid also has more pitches than any other pitcher I've ever heard in my <laughs> life. But
1: <laughs> he beats batters by keeping them off balance and measuring up their timing, John.
0: No. that's true that's true and that's a that's a gift hackmore doesn't have that
1: uh in the first inning the timberwolves go down one two three on two pop flies and a short foul ball over by the dugout that wendy picks up without any trouble telly's looking good
2: wendy, i know we made the right decision nobody likes a showboat wendy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> unfortunately when the cougars come up to bat Clyde Hackmore looks pretty good, too. Cecil Denby gets on bathe with a skimpy little infield single that no one but he could have been fast enough to beat out. But then Mm -hmm. T.T. Chalmers hit into a double play, and Rhubarb Channing flies out to the left. Who are these people?
2: The names. I wish he'd hack a little less, personally. No. No. All right, solid input, solid input. <laughs> it's I'll my only note. In, it's my only in, note. <laughs> take that into account moving forward.
1: After that, the score says 0-0 zero, zero for inning after inning. Hackmore strikes out 16 of your batters, nine in a row at one point. Turn I'm page.
2: sorry, will we make a decision in
1: this game? You we did going already. Down
0: real quick. <laughs> yeah, that might have been our last decision. Turn
1: to page 91. All right. Tully strikes out eight batters himself. Going into the bottom of the ninth, he still has a no-hitter going. But you need to score to win the game and advance in the tournament. That's true. Then there's clatter from the tunnel that leads back to the locker room.
2: Oh, no. Who's dead now?
1: <laughs> the next thing you know, a green-shirted medic is pushing a wheelchair into the dugout. It's Coach oh Farrow. Gosh. He looks exhausted.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're a little late, buddy. We're 16 strikeouts and nine innings into
0: this game.
1: <laughs> the medic tells you Coach Farrow can't talk. He can only watch. Why oh is he God. there? Oh my yeah, God. this
0: is traumatizing. This is flat-out traumatizing. That's all this is.
2: You wheeled our limp, unresponsive coach out <laughs> into the dugout? For what? <laughs> to what end? But, Who is this for?
1: Uh, but there's a gleam in his eye that inspires the whole team, Justin.
2: Rube- yeah, well, well, the side of his mouth's drooping down. It's like <laughs> sucking the energy out of me. I got to be honest.
1: Rhubarb Channing is the first one up. He hits a triple. And you're next. You wait for the ball you want. It comes on the third pitch. You smack a single to right field and rhubarb scores. You win the game. Hey, all right. I knew we made the right call. Now there's only one game between you and the national championship. Your opponents are the Scarborough Pirates. Scarborough is actually a town in Maine. Um, Okay. Okay. uh, And they're going to be a lot tougher than the Timberwolves. Their pitcher... (laughs) Their picture, oh boy, doorknob. I can't, w- doorknob Clinton.
0: Doorknob Clinton is his <laughs> that name, that
1: is correct.
0: Old doorknob.
1: I don't, I don't quite understand what's happening here. The Wendy and Brenda didn't have nicknames. <laughs> In fact, I'm oh. gonna guess they have nicknames, but we can't say them on the air.
0: Doorknob, like this gentleman who wrote, yes, anyway. Doorknob Clinton. All right, let's get the scouting report on old Doorknob
1: Clinton is the best pitcher your age anywhere, whatever age you happen. What age are
0: we? That's the question. (laughs) What age are we?
1: (laughs) Whatever age you happen to be. We're playing nine
0: innings, so (laughs) you know we could see us being nine
2: years old. But it's eighteen
1: eighty-five. Yes, it might be true. True. You think about trying to find an (laughs) experienced manager for the championship game. But the rest of the team won't hear of it. After all, you came through in the clutch, and no one else knows the other players like you do. Can you what were pull we off- going to do,
2: put an ad in the paper? Come on, guys. we got a game in five minutes. Can you
1: pull off one more miracle?
2: Uh, I just want to add that the first wheelchair was invented in 1655, so we are playing a baseball game <laughs> at least between then and now. Continue.
1: Thank you, Justin, for that Good very note. important update. <laughs> All right. The championship game plays, takes place two days later. Tully is pitching better than ever. He strikes out the first Scarborough batter and walks the next.
0: The ch- Man, they're play- that's
2: He's better than better. ever? That's yeah, it's, he, They're one for two against him.
1: The two batters up after him hit harmless groundouts to end the first half of the inning. Oh, see, there you go, Justin. As, you're jumping the gun. Yes. As soon as Clinton starts <laughs> pitching... You can see that he's just as good You've heard as you've heard he is. <laughs> he strikes out TT and Rhubarb on three pitches each.
2: Doorknob got Rhubarb? Oh, man. I
1: know. You're up next. As you take your place at the batter's box, you wonder what it is he's throwing. It must be pretty tough. TT and Rhubarb are two of your best hitters. Clinton throws two fast strikes before you even get a chance to swing. He's throwing his famous sinker ball. The pitches are down low on the outside of the plate, and they're incredibly fast. You crowd in for the third pitch. It's low again and misses the outside corner, a ball. You wonder whether he'll dare try you low and at low and away again. You think you just might get a piece of the ball if you c- concent- bleh, concentrate completely on that part of the strike zone. Go to the next page. Okay. Of course, he could be setting you up. He has to figure that you're getting the range by now. He's already thrown three sinkers. He must know that a fourth would be suicidal. On the other hand, it might be the very last thing anyone would expect. One more strike mm. and you're out. You step out of the batter's box to think it over. If you decide to look for the low sinker, turn to page 92. If you decide to try to be re- if you just if you tried to be ready for anything, turn to page 50.
2: Okay, stay with me on this. Okay. I say we throw the bat at him <laughs> I don't think he's gonna see this coming and it might
0: hurt him physically it could it could physically hurt doorknob uh,
1: trying to flip that page it's not letting me unfortunately <sighs>
0: So it's not choose
2: your own adventure. Yeah. It's no. choose the adventure we've laid out for you. I
0: that's say. right. Yeah. That's right. You can't make this up totally out of whole cloth on your own. You have to... They have guidelines here. Yeah. There All is right, so, a
1: maze to a goal. And the mm-hmm. point is to travel to there and not just go off wherever you want. Yes. That's that's, yes. that's how this works.
2: Are we about to win the championship?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think this is the decision
2: Wait, that this, wins the championship. This is this the like the second decision we've made. But, yeah. Okay. Anyway. um, So John... I feel like once again the books two options that they were they were referencing the sinker more and that would mm-hmm. be crazy for him to throw four. Yeah, that was where my instincts were leading me as well. Uh, I want to be. I think I want to be ready for anything. Uh, I, I feel like
0: yeah that he's not going to go low and away again. That he's going to try and maybe get you something up and in or over over the inside part of the plate.
2: Yeah, I, I haven't really. I didn't pick up on any evidence indicating that he mm. he would defy logic and throw a fourth.
0: Right, Slide. and I, I think I think Doorknob is renowned for suckering you into zoning in in a certain part of the plate and then jamming you inside. Like this is exactly what Doorknob does. It's what he's always done. Yeah. Um <laughs> And so I feel I agree. I think if we, I think I, th- I think we, I don't think we concentrate on on low and outside. I think we make Doorknob challenge us here and, and not go fishing. I agree.
2: Nick, or uh, I'm sorry, Liz, can you tell? Um, can you tell? doorknob have us whisper knock knock right before we swing at this next pitch can you can you tell him that
1: uh sure i don't know how we'd Thank hear you. it though thanks if he's just whispering that's um, your problem so what are we doing we're go- we're going to try we're to establishing be establishing a brand for- oh you mean with this in the, in <laughs> yes. the adventure, yeah
2: um yeah i think we're gonna be ready for anything ready All for right. anything
1: let's see turn to page 50 i'm doing it i'm here at page 50 Certain that there's no way Clinton would dare throw the same pitch four times in a row, you step back into the batter's box. Clinton takes a big windup. Your whole body tenses up. Then he throws. Too late, you realize that it's yet another low sinker. Caught off guard, you swing wildly and miss. Strike three. That's all for this side. There's no Ugh, score after over. one full inning. Oh,
0: that was the first inning. <laughs> yes. oh, it's just one. Not just first inning. All right. The stakes felt really high in that situation. That's why I wasn't sure.
1: The second inning is also scoreless, as are the third and fourth. Tully gives up a walk, a double, and two singles all scattered. The real story is Clinton, who turns out to be an overpowering sinker ball pitcher. He gets stronger and stronger the more he throws. A sinker is not hard to hit, but it's very hard to hit well. None of your batters are having much luck with it. Turn to page five. Okay.
2: What happened? I thought we were so good. that Those first three paragraphs had me ready to you know, go nuts on these mm. teams. Now it just feels like, yeah, but you're also unable to hit a sinker, so, hmm. <laughs>
1: when it's your turn to bat at the bottom of the fourth inning, you finally manage to make solid contact with one of Clinton's sinkers. Good job. The, All right. the ball feels as though it's made of lead, and it goes straight to the start, shortstop for an easy out. As you oh. walk back to the <laughs> dugout, your hands are stinging from the impact of the pitch. Yeah. The game is still scoreless. Then Scarborough starts a rally during their next turn at bat. <laughs> Bye-bye, Biner. Leads off with a single to center field.
0: Bye-bye, someone
2: Biner. Needs, someone needs to just put a gentle shoulder hand on Felix's shoulder and say, "It is time, it is time to stop. <laughs> this is this is over." Okay? Okay. Ooh. These are not names. These are certainly oh not children's names. Oh my god, we're names. just getting st- these are children's <laughs> names back when these were names you might actually hear in no. the world. So it is it is time to
0: stop. Close the laptop. Man, we are just and getting started. Outside. This is before baseball reference was around, and you could see all the names of the the nicknames of the 1800s ball players too. I mean, maybe oh, yeah. this guy has an almanac where he's like, you know, hey, this is uh, Roofing Shingle McGee, you know, and I don't. I, I, it's bizarre. This is bizarre, but I, I'm enjoying it. Yes. I am enjoying it.
1: Bye bye Biner leads off with a single to center field. Next, Joe Scover smacks the ball right past rhubarb Joe on Scover, second. Joe Scover,
0: what a stupid name.
1: <laughs> no.
2: Joe. It's, it's not even good enough to have a nickname. Come <laughs> on.
0: Oh man. What did what did Joe Scover do? I'm sorry he I interrupted you. He Smacks the
1: ball right past Rhubarb on second. Your center right. your center fielder, Byron Buckaloo scoops it up on second on the second bounce. Meanwhile, Biner takes second. Two one and no outs. The Scarborough manager is standing in front of the dugout with one foot on the top step. He wipes his shin, claps his hands twice, and tugs the ball of his cap. Mm. Adon- I want to get in
2: this guy's face, <laughs> like, aggressively. <laughs> Liz, get, him, get, get me over there.
1: Out on Adon- second base, Biner kicks the dirt and dusts off his hands. It looks as though they're making signs. Good dog, McGee is that fat now?
0: No. No. <laughs> I have no words.
1: Good dog, McGee is it bat now? These aren't
2: even. These are. I'll get. I'll give you rhubarb and doorknob. Like, sure, those could have been nicknames. Good dog. No. And I know. I know. In real life, there's like the wild elk of the Osage and like, you know, death to flying things. And these were actual nicknames. Fine. But like good dog is not. I don't. That's that's just it's a bridge too far. It's It's a a bridge too far.
0: It's a bridge too far.
1: Yes. McGee is at bat now. He's looking back at his dugout. This might be a bunt. It is. McGee hits a beautiful drag bunt that stops dead four feet out from the plate near the third baseline. You grab it and throw him out at first, but the runners advance to second and third, one away. Turn the page. They keep
2: setting these up like they're going to be decisions, and then the car just kind of drives itself. I was just pre- I was preparing to figure out like, are they signaling bunt? Do I do I want to pick up on that? Hey, let's ask Skip. Oh right, we can't because his brain's not <laughs> He's working.
1: He's dead now. I need to find the other book because that is definitely more technical. This is a choose your own adventure book. This is definitely not a sports, sports your own adventure. Anyway, we've got a decision now. All uh, right. Oh. The next batter up is.
0: <laughs> oh, hit me with it. Come on.
1: Bad Dog McGee. Yeah,
0: yeah. Bad Dog McGee. Seven... I don't see a bad dog yep. hitting.
1: Seventh in the Pirates batting order and a decent hitter. That gives you a choice. You can have Tully walk him intentionally and load the bases. With the two weakest hitters coming up, you'll have a pretty good chance of getting out of the inning. Or you can have Tully throw him a bunch of borderline pitches and see if he swings. If he strikes Mm -hmm. out, so much the better. If he walks, it's not the end of the world. Of course, if he hits, you you give up one run, maybe even two runs. If you have Tully pitch to him, go to page 11. If you signal for a walk, turn to page 58. First Justin, of all, this yeah. guy's
2: nickname is Bad Dog, yes. but he's only a decent hitter. How did he get that nickname? That seems okay. Whatever. Well, they
0: got a kid on the team named Mad Dog, and he's he hits like five sixty five. Like he's <laughs> wildly good.
2: Well, I say uh, I say we walk him.
0: Yep, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Put him on.
1: All right, Turning. force
0: out at any base. Maybe get the double play.
1: Turning to page fifty eight.
0: I mean, this is Tully we're talking about here. Tully Tully gets ground balls. I feel like I feel pretty good about
1: this. All right. You signal for Tully to walk, bad dog. He does, and the bases are lo- loaded. Daryl Vooch is up next. I'm sorry. I'm in love with some of these names. <laughs> uh, he, he hits it to a double play to end the inning.
0: There you go. Yeah, right, right. All right. The
1: next couple Should of we- innings. Oops, sorry. Go ahead, John.
0: No, that's right. Go ahead.
1: The next couple of innings are a story of frustration. You watch helplessly as Clinton strikes out Brian, Wendy, and Brenda, this is normal people with normal names. Uh, the side, uh, the side why after this. Why don't the this, girls
0: have nicknames? I'm sorry, I got to know. Why don't the girls have nicknames?
1: And the Latino guy. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Like what? A Wild Sally, or you know, or or, or Wicked Wendy, or we something. You know, like give 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 the girls a nickname too. This is not okay.
1: It's 1993. I, if they have All nicknames, right. I'm pretty sure we don't want to know them, or they couldn't put them in a <laughs> choose Your and adventure book.
0: Fair enough.
2: Or they're just like the the girl, <laughs> like the captain G girl. Like that's her personality on the team. It's like oh, and then there's a girl. There's a girl. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's
0: a girl player. Right.
1: The side after this goes down in order also. Clinton has now retired 12 batters in a row and not a ball has been hit out of the infield. Guys, I think their uh, their office is having some trouble. It looks like
0: there's been not a lot of scoring in these last two games. Um, And I do think that uh, maybe... If the old guy hadn't died or at least gone into a vegetative state, uh, maybe the offense would be rolling a little bit better here. Yeah, but can it's... we get
2: his handler to pick up his loose arms and just kind of wiggle, wiggle him in the air like he's alive? I mean, the, like only re- the only reason us. they won the last game was
0: when they wheeled him into the dugout. Maybe that's what we're waiting on know, for another appearance. Go ahead. <laughs>
2: they can wheel him out of the field and just dump him, dump him out there. In a heap. Cover him with baseballs and hope their life-giving powers bring him back from the brink. <laughs> <laughs> now it's your chance, Coach.
1: Oh, okay. As you walk out to the field to begin the eighth inning, Brian falls into step beside you. That Clinton guy is the machine. He says, "I've never seen anything <laughs> like him outside of the majors." You're telling uh, me, al- you say. Also,
2: Coach is definitely dead, <laughs> right? We all know that. <laughs> I-,
1: I think so. Last I saw him, he was in the dugout at that other that other stadium for the game. Think anybody picked him up ever? Or? <laughs>
2: They picked up the bullpen phone and was acting like he was using it. It was uh disgusting for It was pretty sad.
1: <laughs> uh, you're telling me, you say, thinking of, um, thinking of that leaden sinker you hit in the fourth inning? We've really got to keep our defense tight. Sooner or later, w- uh, one of us will figure out how to hit his pitches. Brian nods. Then we'll show those pirates who's boss around here. <laughs> yeah should have done a better reading on that but i could not believe what i was reading all right (laughs) excuse me then we'll show those pirates who's boss around here he claps you on the shoulder and jogs out to his position shortstop you adjust your mask and take your position behind home plate glancing to see how tully is doing he looks more determined than you've ever seen him he gets off to a good start striking out the first scarborough batter clinton You grin and give him a thumbs up. You're glad to see that Clinton isn't as invincible as a batter as he is as a pitcher. If he were, he'd be downright deadly. Jeez. Next at bat is Kaio Santucci. He hits a slow pop fly straight to Brian. Two outs, one to go. Turn it page 99. Okay.
0: It's still nothing, nothing, right? Like nobody scored? I think so. All right.
1: The trouble starts... Then the trouble starts.
0: Oh, boy. Okay.
1: No, come on. Toyota Turner comes to bat. Why? (laughs) Because Hyundai Turner was sick. (laughs) His brother, Hyundai Turner. Uh, Toyota Turner comes to bat and Tully throws a wild pitch that hits her in the shin. Oh. Then she she takes I told him to do that. Yes. (laughs) She takes her base. Then Frank Murtha. Connects on the very next pitch for a solid single, advancing Turner to third. Biner steps up to the, place, to the plate. Come on, Tully, let's have a strikeout here. Musgrad Henderson yells encouragingly from third. He's no batter. <laughs> but you know Musgrad is wrong. <laughs> Biner has already proven himself one of the Pirates' best sluggers. With two runners on base, you're afraid this, that this could be a big play for them. You sign it for Tully's fast curveball. Tully delivers, and uh, and Biner swings and connects, but the ball goes foul on the left field line. A sigh goes up from the crowd. All right, Tully, let's see some more of that stuff, <laughs> yells Brian. We need it out here. Great cheering, man. <laughs> on the next pitch, Biner fouls again. And on the next, on the fourth pitch, he pops a high short foul up by the Scarborough dugout. If you could catch it, the inning will be over. You whip off your mask and dash over, concentrating on the ball. The Scarborough players yell at you, trying to break your concentration, but you ignore them and wait calmly until the ball drops neatly into your mitt. The Scarborough players fall silent. The inning is over with no score.
0: I thought they were going to ask us what kind of pitch to throw him or something there.
1: Yes. Yep. Me too. Maybe not.
0: But, uh, yeah. I
2: don't know. Should we make the next decision, the last yeah, one? Yeah, I think we should. Yeah. Re- yeah. Reveal. Uh, reveal what the outcome is in the next episode.
0: Yep.
1: Yes. All right. What page was I supposed to turn to? That's a great question.
0: Uh, You are the only one who can see the book.
1: I am the only one who can Uh, see the book.
0: I'd throw a number out there, but I'm not sure it would be helpful.
1: All right. By the end of the eighth inning, Clinton has retired 15 of your your batters in a row. As long as he's on the mound, there doesn't seem to be much hope for your team. Despite your earlier optimism, nobody seems to be figuring out how to hit his vicious pitches. Vooch hits a long fly out to Brenda in center field to start the top of the ninth. That brings Clinton to the plate. Since he's obviously not much of a hitter, you figure the easiest thing would be to strike him out on three straight fastballs. But fastballs take a lot of effort. And they've never been Tully's strong point. He's pitched eight long innings and you're afraid he might be starting to tire. You signal for a fastball anyway. It goes wide. Ball one. Now you're really beginning to worry that a a tiring Tully might start missing the plate if you keep asking him for fastballs. You don't want to take the chance of walking Clinton with only one out at the top of the Pirates' order on its way. On the other hand, you also don't want to risk having him get the big hit on an easier pitch. Tully is looking at you expectantly waiting for your signal. If you keep signaling for fastballs, turn to page 97. If you signal for a knuckleball instead, turn to page 88.
2: I'm not throwing a fastball when he's coming that far off the yeah. plate. Yeah, I'm with you.
0: We'll do knuckleball. Let's throw a knuckleball, and we'll see. Next time, Liz, we'll we'll see how it uh, how it all shakes out.
1: Yes, indeed, we will. Actually,
0: all right. Well, that's uh, that was some good story time right there. Some a good way to fill out the podcast here as we uh, uh, come around the fire together here during the the hot stove and just uh, and delve into some of the the great sports writing of our time. Uh, what's this guy's name again? Who wrote the book?
1: uh felix von moziger
0: felix we know you listen to the podcast you're obviously a phillies fan a big baseball fan from the philadelphia area we're mocking your names a little bit but we do appreciate you listening to the podcast and providing us with content tonight uh all right that's some final thoughts before we wrap up here justin any final thoughts from you
2: uh philly's caravan's gonna be going on tour and the names for announcers gonna be rob thompson or orion kirkering and brandon marsh so if you want to be in the same room as a howling man uh i would say go <laughs> go, go check that out sounds like a lot of fun yeah. and go see
1: brandon marsh too knows.
0: yeah and go see brandon marsh too yeah um i just like to picture rob thompson howling out loud just <laughs> for no apparent reason whatsoever uh Liz, any final thoughts?
1: I got nothing today. (laughs) My brain is all empty after reading all of that Choose Your Own Adventure.
0: Yep, I hear you. I'm going to go with uh, Doorknob as my my new nickname. (laughs) So I just uh, will for heretofore be known as uh, John Doorknob Stoleness um, when I introduce myself here uh, on the podcast. I'm
1: Muskrat. Muskrat Liz Rocher. (laughs)
0: There you go. Uh, all right, folks, listen, that's going to do it for this episode of Hit and Season. Uh, I'll be back midweek with uh, an episode for you here. We're going to uh, focus in on some of these uh, prospect rankings uh, that that are out there for the Phillies. Lots of them all coming out fast and furious right now, so we'll get a look at the farm system uh, coming up here in the midweek podcast. Unless, of course, something big happens, which we're not expecting, uh, but we'll be covering that as well. Folks, make sure that you, again, vote for Hit and Season and or the Dirty Inning over at sportspodcastgroup.com. Uh, you can also find a link to that uh it's a uh, pin to my twitter at john stolness and also make sure to check out all of our blog posts we got going on over at billypen.com slash hit season that's where you can find everything we got going on over with the podcast as well in addition to the hit and season patreon if you're not signed up as a Patreon member of and Season, go to patreon.com slash Season, and that's where you can find The Dirty Inning and Absolutely Hammered and some of the other bonus stuff we do there as well. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time right here on and Season.